Hollywood Unlocked, Uncensored. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Melissa Ford, a.k.a. The Curve Queen, and you are checking out Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. That's right. It's DJ Damage, and it's time to get this show started. Okay, so we have a guest host yes. in the building. Woo. Jason is still off gallivanting, doing all the fancy stuff <laughs> that he does. He's wilding out. Yes, he is. He, he's, he's wilding out. For sure. Exactly. So um, I had an idea this, uh, this weekend. I posted a video of... Um, a military guy coming home, mm -hmm. you know, and surprising his yeah, father. Yeah. Um, and so his father looked like he was, you know, a painter or something like that, you know, had a van and whatnot. And he was talking on the phone or talking to somebody off camera. And uh, then his son comes up behind him and surprises him. And he's literally surprised. And, you know, the cynics and all of us wonder, was it staged or not? <laughs> but then when you, you know, you the, the father expressed surprise and then he starts you know he starts crying like a and, dad cry you know and he yeah like and he was you know my baby's home yeah. i mean okay so it took me all the way out but i noticed certain things about the video number one was you know the fact that this man was calling his grown son yeah. you know a military man his baby yeah, yeah. which i loved yeah. um and i also you know observed witnessing anxiety leaving his body mm -hmm. you know yeah. um that worry yeah. yeah and so what it made me want to do what it inspired me to to want to do is to put a strong focus on a on an episode on black fathers yeah. Yeah. um because i really don't think that they are depicted in um in a fair manner no, um, I agree. a lot of the times they're 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 you know depicted as deadbeat or uninvolved yeah. and this was a story apparently this man and raised his kids on his own and it's like a real tearjerker that you know should be turned into a lifetime movie but i digress so that is why i wanted to have you on as a guest um we've got remy adelake he's written a book called transformed mm -hmm. and this looks like it's gonna be a good read hold on one second i have to do this yeah it's fresh. She loves oh. smelling pages. That's a real reader right there. Yeah. That's a true reader. I love smelling the pages. pages. Yeah, of, a, <laughs> of an unopened book. I yeah. love it. I yeah. love it. Okay, yeah. and so it says, uh, a Navy SEAL's unlikely journey from the throne of Africa to the streets of the Bronx to defying all odds. That you've lived at least three lifetimes yeah, yeah, from, yeah. from this, you know, <laughs> synopsis. Um, so the Bronx. Yeah. At the Bronx is Bronx is still crazy. It's still yeah, crazy. It I was is. just out there last week. It's, it is. Yeah. Okay. So, well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yes. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on the show. And you are a father yourself. Three Fa boys. Three, bo Damn. three boys. Three boys. Yeah, three okay. Tearing that house up. Yeah. yeah. Man. I, so how old are they? <laughs> my oldest is five. My youngest is about, my middle is about to be four. My youngest is seven weeks. Are they fresh Ooh, yeah. seven weeks. Seven weeks. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I have so many questions, so I'm going to try and like do this in chronological order and yes. not drive our audience crazy by <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, going all over the place. So I need to understand, this might be a big ask, but yeah. define for us what what that means, um, journey from the throne of Africa. Yeah. So you're Nigerian descent. I am Nigerian, yes. Okay. So my dad, my dad, was, well, it kind of starts with my grandfather. My grandfather, he was a chief in the Yoruba tribe, a royal chief within the Yoruba tribe. And, mm -hmm. and, and European culture, we refer to, or Western culture, royalties referred to as king, queen, prince, princess, Dutch. Mm -hmm. And West African culture, and a lot of African culture, royalties referred to as chief mm -hmm. and also by your name. Uh -huh. So my last name, Adeleke, Ade means crown and Leke means above. Uh -huh. My full name is actually Aderemi. So Aderemi means the crown has appeased me. So my grandfather took the title Adeleke, and that was passed. And he, my grandfather had like nine wives. <gasps> Because that was normal in the culture at the time, in, in Yoruba culture in Nigeria. So my dad was the firstborn son to my grandfather. So my dad inherited Chief Adebayo Adeleke. Uh -huh. So I was essentially, by, and by the time I came around, my, my father had built this massive enterprise. He was a businessman, a philanthropist. He engineered one of the first man-made islands in the world. Yeah. It exists to this day in Lagos. It's called Banana Island. Mm -hmm. And he was just... He was just way ahead of his time. Mm -hmm. And because of his success, I was essentially born into wealth. Uh -huh. uh, I was born into that title. But unfortunately, in 1987, and there's way more to the story, I break it all down in my book, mm -hmm. the Nigerian government stripped my father of all of his assets. Wow. And our family went from, and my dad died a few days later. 
while he was fighting them. So our family went from rich having everything to poor, like having nothing. Wow. And so um, that's where the African throne of Africa piece comes comes from in the story. Okay, so um, so you went from very wealthy, yeah. affluent yep. to poverty. And so where does the Bronx come into the story? It kind of, my, my dad has his lend to my mom's side. So my mom met my dad and in, in, I tell people all the time, my mom, my dad's story is the real coming to America story. With <laughs> because my mom was American. She was a flight attendant living uh-huh. in New York, you know, partying, having a good time, chilling. And Oh, I hear the New York in your voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bringing me back. <laughs> yeah. So, and then she met my dad at the Metropolitan Museum of Natural History. Oh, wow. Okay, that's yeah, a good place to meet. Nice yeah. meet cute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Both getting their education on. Yeah, yeah. They were. It was actually uh, uh, an exhibit on Yoruba, Yoruba uh, uh, sculptures, and my dad just happened to be in New York. So so they ended up falling in love, getting married five months later. My dad moved my mom to Africa, so she was she was she she moved to Zamunda, you know? Wow. <laughs> so, like, so when my dad died, my mom was just like, there's no way I'm raising my kids here in, in Africa. So that's when she moved us back to what she knew, which yeah. was New York, the Bronx. So that's how I ended up there. Right. Okay. What part of the Bronx did you live in? Fordham and Sedgwick. Mm. Yeah. And mm. you said, uh, how, how many, how many siblings did you have? Uh, my, I have one full blooded brother. So it was okay. me and my brother. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. So you, what, I mean, how old were you when you moved to five? Five. Uh, yeah. Okay. So does a culture shock kind of take place at that time? You know what? People ask me that question all the time. What I what I always say is my mom, you know, she did a fantastic job of masking the reality of what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the best analogy I could use, it was as though my mom was a director on a movie set mm-hmm. and she and she just painted this this set to be beautiful and to be great, but on outside the set was chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, so much so that I remember when my dad died, my mom placed my brother on the right side, placed me on the left side, and it was this red couch, and she said to us in such a calm, easy manner. Your father has died and he's not coming back. And it was in such a calm way that me and my brother looked at each other and we just went back to playing because we yeah. did cause we and my mom did that because she knew that if 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 she was breaking down, we would break down and we broke down, she would break down more. Mm-hmm. So the culture shock wasn't too much for me. It mm-hmm. wasn't until I was eight years old that it finally hit me that my dad was gone. Because, right. you know, just looking at our situation, it was times when my mom didn't have enough food to feed herself. Right. She had just enough food to feed my brother. Now there were times when I go to the rent office with her, she would have to beg for an extra day or two days to pay the bills. Right. And so as I got older and, and I'm experiencing this and experiencing sharing clothes and all these other things, that's when the reality set in. Wow, like this is our life. Yeah. And, and we don't have the life that we used to have. Yeah. So um, that's when it finally hit me at eight. Wow. Um. First of all, salute to mom. I was about yeah, that you took the words literally right out of my mouth. Moms make it happen. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. really know how to make it happen. Mom moms Bruh. do. Moms yeah. do. Moms do. But this is an episode <laughs> of, <laughs> of course. Look, yeah. we're gonna represent. This is, this is an episode devoted to you, to yeah. you, and you to big them up. and to every other to every other father, specifically yeah. black fathers. Yeah. We're we're hoisting you up on our shoulders today because that doesn't just that doesn't happen enough. I am so sick and tired of the narrative that you know, that black men are deadbeat. They're not involved right. in their children's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I can't speak on any, on, on, on any and all and every circumstance, but what I know, what I see is way too many examples right. of men who are not celebrated for, you know, that for the efforts that they have and the, yeah. the silent effort, you know, they're not looking for, you know, a, 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 a crown or a doggy biscuit, yeah. biscuit or a medal or anything like that. They're doing what they have to do. Yeah. But um, I just I wanted to take the time to really, you know, kind of like promote the fact that this is that that this is this is normal. Yes. Very you know, nice. Um can, do you you know do you remember your relationship with your father? Yeah, I remember. You know, it comes in bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember. I remember one one story in particular. So I was I was about maybe four years old, four and a half, and me and my brother got into a fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my brother he takes my head and he pushes it up against the wall, right. and my head goes through like the sheetrock of the wall. And I just remember my dad being furious. And, and just lighting my brother up. And the mm-hmm. reason why was because my dad, he was very intellectual. Mm-hmm. And so to him, the most valuable asset that a person had was their brain. Right. So when my brother did that, my dad was flipping out because he essentially, my brother, dad was saying, you are affecting my other son's most valuable asset, his mm. brain. And so I'll never forget that because my dad went cataclysmic. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he was an awesome man. He, you know, he, he did everything to provide the life 
for my brother and I that, that, that we had, you know, and, and when he was fighting the Nigerian government, there's so much more to the story, you know, mm-hmm. Everything that he was doing was to sustain a family's name Mm -hmm. because he wasn't just taking care of my brother and I. He had a lot of siblings Mm -hmm. and he had nieces and nephews Mm -hmm. that he provided for as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so. So, yeah, those are the main things I remember about him. How He was just so giving and he was he was just that type of cat that he just wanted to help people. And he he, he really wanted to build up Nigeria. And that was because he was educated in Europe. Yeah. Uh, He got a full ride scholarship to study engineering and architecture in London. Mm -hmm. And he spent a lot of time in the West building up businesses. And that's when he decided, I need to get back to Africa to build up my country because I I don't want people to look at Africans and the stereotype is we're a bunch of people who live in the bush and run around with spears and we're uneducated fools. He wanted people to realize that Nigerians are brilliant and he wanted to go back to kind of essentially make Nigeria a beacon for all the world to look to. So my dad was, he wasn't just a father to me and my brother and his nieces and nephews. He was like, he was a father to his nation, you Mm -hmm. know? And so that's why it was, it really hurt me. And I talk about it in my book, you know, after what was done to him mm-hmm. by the government. So, right. So growing up in the Bronx, yeah. you know, single parent household, your mom's yeah. got to raise you and your brother. Yeah. Um. So just by no other means other than your father being taken from you, you yeah. are now a statistic. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um. the Bronx is an extraordinary to this day. It's an yeah. extraordinarily difficult place yeah. to, to grow up. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, what was it like growing up in the Bronx, having to kind of get adjusted to the new normal, mm-hmm. which is, you know, kind of, you know, not going without just living in poverty yeah. and, you know, in terms of like gang recruitment, um, you know, illicit and illegal activity, yeah, yeah. you know, knowing that your mom is is is, is struggling to make me- ends meet and yeah. probably thinking to yourself, well, I can help out, but yeah. it's probably not going to be on the up and up, yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, yeah. what was, what was that like for yeah, you? Yeah, no, 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 it was, that's what it was. I mean, for me, as soon as I got into my early, early teens, 11, 12, that's when I was just like, you know, I got to provide, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and I started out doing all kinds of stuff, you know, stealing, you mm-hmm. know, going into bodegas, stealing mm-hmm. chips, mm-hmm. you know, candy bars, this and that, then getting jobs and stealing from jobs, you know, and, and then, that progressed into selling drugs mm-hmm. and then that progressed into, into running high level cell phone scams. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was doing that in my heart, I, you know, I work in the inner city now, you know, I have a mentorship program called, called city hope. And most of the kids that I deal with, none of them have fathers in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so I try to pay to, to be a father figure to them. I hate to go down this direction, but I'm, I'm saying this for a point. And so it's easy for me to empathize with them when they do things that I used to do. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when you've never been there, it's easy for you for somebody to say, Oh, like that kid's a knucklehead. Yeah. He, why is he doing that? He's mm-hmm. this and he's that. Look, yeah. just another black dude doing whatever. And I empathize with them because I was there and I know like in my heart, my heart wasn't to, to bug out just for the sake of bugging out. My heart was like, I was trying to survive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was trying to help my mom survive. And so, so that's what I did, man. And and eventually it all caught up with me. You know, I got involved in the deal with a drug dealer. It went bad. You know, I sold him some products that were supposed to last for a certain amount of time and only lasted for a fraction of that time. And that's when he came knocking on my door mm. and, and and threatened my life, you know. Mm. But that was the wake-up call that kind of catapulted catapulted me out of that life yeah okay so and then navy seals how does yeah. that happen because that's kind of sexy yeah. is, is that was that well yeah. the tattoos are yeah, on the yeah. arm yeah, <laughs> i've known a couple so. of you guys yeah 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 yeah, yeah <laughs> but yeah. the navy seal you guys go in first right yeah we do a lot of stuff well yeah sometimes we go most of the time we go in first or the, we go into places that nobody don't go into yeah. period you know, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I found out about the SEAL teams um, through film. Actually, there was a film called The Rock that came out in 96. Oh, yeah, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and Sean you know, Connery. Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and then Connery. Ba- Bad Boys in, in, influenced me, too, mm-hmm. because that was the first time I saw two black men who were like, they were playing dad. And, you know, Martin Lawrence was playing mm-hmm. a dad. And I kind of looked up to his character a lot. But also they were playing heroes who were cool. Mm-hmm. And then The Rock came out a year later. And that was the first time I was exposed to SEALs. And so after I saw that, I kind of decided you know if I ever turn my life around that's what I would do okay. you know fast forward to when I decided to join the Navy um, when I got the boot camp a recruiter put on a presentation of what SEALs do and I was just like I'm doing that and then I went to training you know I, I couldn't swim I didn't have the academic scores and, and, and I was skinny but I just for a year I just trained I just worked out jumped in the pool studied the academics that I needed to study and then a year later I went to SEAL training mm-hmm. made it happen okay so do you go in depth in terms of you know maybe some clandestine missions <laughs> that you had uh, with yeah, the SEALs I, well I had to be the, the, the Pentagon had to 
to screen my book and it took him eight months Ooh. to screen it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's the process everybody would because I had a TSSCI clearance, so everybody with that kind of clearance, you gotta you gotta get your book screened to make sure you don't have classified in there. So there is some stuff in there, but it was completely watered down. I you know, I, t- I tried to spend a lot of time on training, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um and and, and and why I did that too was cause, you know, less than one percent of uh Special operations in general is less less than one percent are African American. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like the fiftieth African American in the history of the SEAL teams, and the SEAL teams were established in nineteen sixty two. That surprises me because yeah. I kind of think that you know black men would excel. They they at, do the yeah. black dudes that do go and make it. They are the best operators. So would you say that there's a little bit of institutional racism? There? Uh, I, I I do, but at, yeah. at more oh. at the at more at the educational standpoint. And okay. what I mean by that is is and I talk about this a lot. It's, it's Exposure, like yeah. in, in, in inner city schools, there's no exposure to special operations. No, there's no real That's exposure the to the yeah. CIA. There's no real exposure to these things. Like when when I started working at the, uh, I, I did like three months at the SEAL recruitment um, division, and we get sent to suburban areas. We get sent mm-hmm. to where beaches where lifeguards are to recruit, but there's we don't get sent to inner city schools. Mm-hmm. And so if the inner city schools don't have the exposure, if minorities don't have the exposure, they don't know. Knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know about it, how are you going to know that you could do it? Yeah. Do you feel like it's an intimidation thing? Because I've talked to a couple inner city schools, and if you're not really built like that, yeah. it ain't going to work out for you. Man, I, you know, it's funny because I have the hardest time getting into inner city schools. Like inner city schools, I don't know what it is. Oh. I couldn't. I went to my high school last week, and I was like, yo, I just want to come share my story, inspire the mm-hmm. kids in the Bronx, and you can't come in. Why? I don't know. Same thing happened two years ago. I, after after I worked on the Transformers film, Paramount Pictures had me on, on part of the press tour. And what they wanted to do was they wanted me to have, go to my high school and do oh. a story about me speaking. High school was like, no, you can't come in. It happens all the time. And they just gave you no reason. No, no reason. You, you, it, it, it happens all the time. But when it comes to suburban school, come, yeah, no come, man. speak. Yeah, good. Whenever you want to come. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's, again, it go, I think when we talk about the institutional racism, mm-hmm. I think it goes back, it, it, you know, it starts in the beginning. Right. I think it goes back to education. Yeah. At the school. Oh, I, and yeah, access. No, yeah, no, I wholeheartedly know? agree. Because the resources, they are not, the resources in a lot of inner city schools are like, I'm sorry. No, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, uh, I used to run um, a book club yeah. um, at a school in, in Brooklyn in um, grade seven, eight. Yeah. And I, I mean, these kids were freaking brilliant. I yes. mean, I, I challenged them with reading um, uh, the new Jim Crow. Yeah. Um, that is not a light read. I know adults that yeah, cannot yeah, yeah. get through that book. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's about, you know, modern day slavery. You know, incarceration is the new modern yep. day slavery. Yep. And um, these kids, I mean, they were chapters ahead. I was like, okay, so we're going to be talking about, you know, so, so summarizing chapter one. And they were like... Um, Miss Ford, we're already at like chapter five. I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm not at yeah, chapter five, <laughs> you know, but the culmination of the book club was to take them to George, you know, for me, I wanted to take them to Georgetown University Yeah, because I wanted them to see what this, this university campus looked like. Yeah. I wanted them to see that you, you know, your immediate environment mm-hmm. might not be telling you that this is, this can be in your future, yeah. but this is what your future looks like if this is what you want it. Absolutely. And it just was like, you know, a lot of the kids said after afterwards, they were like, you know, Miss Ford, I've only seen that stuff on TV. Yeah, It seemed yeah. like something that was completely yeah. unattainable until we went there. And that's all it takes. So this is just disturbing yeah, to me. It is. You know? It's the exposure. Yeah. If you don't have the exposures. That's, that's, that's wild because, I mean, in my city in Philly, I did a, a school tour. There was a, a STD epidemic. Yeah, yeah. And I pledged to the mayor that I'm going to go talk to 13 schools and do what I can do. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have any pushback from any of the schools. Mm-hmm. But I think it was alarming to go to some of these schools because yeah. I went to a different kind of school. I went to a boarding school yeah. Yeah. to walk through the metal detectors yeah, yeah. to see people in 10th grade at 6'2 with tattoos on yeah, their face. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a different environment. So that's yeah. why I'm like, you got to really be built to be talking to those kids because yeah. they're not listening to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Like they, you have to have a rapport. You have yeah. to have something you're really telling them because yeah. all this we are the world shit, they're not trying yeah, to hear exactly. it. Well, he yeah. looks like he might be able to no, fit in. No, of course. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm surprised. But Even, I'm just saying the guys yeah. before you, yeah. even though we already figured out what the problem was, what we yeah. didn't, but 
I would definitely see you, you know, connecting to those people. But yeah. maybe people before him, where he said he's the fiftieth. Yeah. yeah. You can't just walk in that school like, hey, yeah, join the Navy SEAL. They're like, yeah. who? Yeah, like who? What? Hey, what? Who are you? I think it all goes back to storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know what, what? And that's why I wrote the book because there are a lot of white SEALs who were writing books, mm-hmm. and all these kids are reading them. And so I was like, so they're getting an idea as to what it looks like. Exactly. You know, it doesn't it doesn't look like it doesn't look like you or you. You know what I'm saying? It just looks like, oh, I don't know, um, Dolph Lundgren or something like that. It looks like, you know, Bruce Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis or something (laughs) like that, you know, or maybe even The Rock, even though he's Simone. But still, you know, he's still a freak of nature. Um, So City City Hope Hope is is your nonprofit. Um, So do you take the opportunity to tell your mentees about, you know, Navy SEALs and and, and show and, you know, kind of give them an insight as to what the program looks like? And are you able to use that as a channel? Yes and no. Like for me, it's more of I try to meet their needs, mm-hmm. right? And whatever their needs are, for some of them, they're so young. Navy SEAL is not even something that's on their radar. So mm-hmm. my, my thing with them is education, yeah. right? So that like I just want them to do well in school. So I, I we try to work with them on on the issues that they're struggling with within the school, whether it's behavior that's keeping them out of the classroom, whether mm-hmm. it's math, whether it's the sciences. You know, if they're having issues with their teacher, I show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? And I, I put my finger on it, on it. I can't really spank them, but, and I don't spank them, I want it, mm-hmm. but I just put, get in their face and I say, you know, let's, let's get it together. So if the SEAL thing comes up, it mainly comes up because they're like, man, like, I've been thinking about the military, mm-hmm. but I never kind of, I don't like to put it out there like that. Yeah. I, you know, my, my thing is I'd rather them go to college, right? you know, or, you know, and, and go down that route. But if they're like, hey, I want to go to go to the military, then I'll, I'll kind of give them information on that. Okay. Or if they want to go to the SEAL teams. And I obviously I'm always telling them about it and they have me ask questions, but I don't tell them about it to get them to get into it. I tell them yeah. about it to expose them to the information so they know they're aware of their, their options. And I, I would love to come down there and talk to some of them because oh, absolutely. I, I remember me being in school. I, I really had no real inspiration to do good in school, but just yeah. for myself. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to us talking about self-love. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. don't do it for me, yeah. do it for you. And this is why you're doing it for you. Like, yeah. it sounds so cliche. I remember being a kid, listen, somebody think about your future. Yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah. remember sitting there like, why do they keep talking about this fucking yeah, future? Yeah, yeah. And then the future comes. It's like, yeah. you're not, you're young. I mean, you're older way longer than you're young. Yeah. And you don't get how fast that future is coming. I would yeah. love to come down here to Absolutely. talk Absolutely. We'll exchange information. Oh, yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm gonna be down there. I know there's short notice. I'm, I got an event I'm doing with them on Friday. I'll be at the school on Friday. Now, I might could do Friday. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool, yeah. Cool, okay, man. good. I love yeah. that we just, yeah. you know, set something no, up here. I mean, yeah. I just remember sitting down and yeah. having people try to talk to me. And I'm just like, I really don't yeah. care. But maybe I'm going to do it. Then I, then I love that the memory is still so yeah. fresh for you because then you're going to have a different way yeah. of like yeah. articulating, articulating, you know, a story to them. Yeah. Um, you've got a lot of slashes after your name, you know, Navy SEAL, yeah, yeah. actor, entrepreneur, yeah. Yeah. writer, successful husband and father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about being the successful husband and father. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so tell me how you met your beautiful wife. Match.com. <laughs> talk, talk about lying. social media. Stop lying. Serious, match.com. He filled out the extensive profile. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I, I was, I was, I was sleek with it. I was sleek with it. But uh, okay, I need to hear this story. Yeah. So I was, you know, before when I dated, it was like I met, I met a girl in the club, or you know, you know, out, out and about, and. You know, and when I got older, I got 26. I was just like, man, I'm not trying to meet a 20, girl. Wait, 26 is older? Wait, hold on. Okay. When I got, well, I'm, 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 no, I'm, I'm 37 now. Okay. I'm talking, I'm telling a story from back okay, then. Okay. But when I got 26, I was like, you know, I got to the point in my life where I was like, I'm not looking for a girlfriend. Okay. I was like, I'm looking for a wife. Switch. Right. Right. Like Switch. that. I had this, I had this mindset change. And then, and then I was like, okay, where am I going to find a wife? So I, so I was like, ah, I'm going to try match.com. What year was this that you decided this, to try? This was 2000. Maybe 2011. Yeah. I've been married eight years. 2011. Okay. May of 2011, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. So we did nine years ago. Okay. So I went on and and I was like, I'm gonna just do a 30 day trial. Okay. Th- I'm not paying because the 30 day trial is free. <laughs> you, you feel like a creep. You start paying yeah, for it. I like, know. I feel like a savage. Right? <laughs> so I set up the 30 day trial, and at the and then at the end of my 30 day trial was the beginning of my wife. The last week of my 30-day trial was the first week of my wife's 30-day trial. Uh-huh. And we met. Our, our trials overlapped by a week. And I had, I had met some other girls on there. Um, but, like, she, 
she was the one. I felt like she was the one. Okay, I have to know. Yeah. I, it's a, okay. Yeah. What? What? Like what? Was the picture was yeah. like whoa. Of course. You know what? It was. It. Then that was it. No, nah, it wasn't. For her bio, did you read the bio? Yeah, I, did, the I bio. did read the bio. I did read the, read the bio. But the thing was, it was. Well, she winked at me. Okay. Because on the match.com app in the back of the day, you send a wink. Like, if you're too scared to say something, you send a wink. So she sent a wink at me. So I went to buy it. I looked it up. I was like, all right, she's pretty attractive. But you know, you can, I don't really go off the picture. Yeah, because, because the picture could be the lying. The picture could be lying. Mm -hmm. And I had that. And like two, three, two weeks later, I had two weeks earlier, I had like the picture thing where this girl had a picture up. I was uh. like, yo, she's nice. And I went and saw her and she was like total opposite. <laughs> and the whole day she's trying to explain to me why she changed from the filter. picture. Not, but anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> but, you know, like, so she went and I saw her and I was like, okay, she's attractive. Wasn't, she wasn't my type, but I was like, you know, she's attractive. So we went on a date, and the first date I wasn't into her. I was just like, you know what? Um, after this date, I'm not gonna see anymore because it was just no real connection there. Mm -hmm. And then um, she hit me up for a second date, and we got together, and we we had a heart, we had a conversation. Like, yeah, I think on the first date, a lot of first dates is a lot of exterior. Yeah, it's like this is what I do. This is what I do. This yeah. is what. Yeah, yeah. But the second date was like it was like a heart to heart conversation. Yeah. It was yeah. like like she went deep into her background and where she came from and where she'd been through. And so she became a person. Yeah. yeah. And it was the same thing with me. I, I felt confident to open up to her. Yeah. And once we had, once we both opened up and all of the credentials, because she's a doctor, so all of the credentials and oh, all the shit. others. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's the second day. We're, That's the second day worthy. Yeah. <laughs> well, all of, you know, the, the Navy SEAL, the doctor, the, the, when all that was washed away and I got to see the soul, yeah. that's when I was like, man, like this, this is a woman I could be with. And we ended up getting married, uh, like, like four or five months later. What? Yeah. Your story is yeah. so awesome. Yeah. yeah. No. So like I had, so I, I knew that he was a, a father and a husband and yeah. whatnot. So a friend of mine just like kind of sent me this game. Yeah. Um, and this is a game to kind of break the ice and yeah. get conversations yeah. going. You yeah. know what I mean? So like this is my big sister made, made okay. this, made this game. Let's do it. And so I picked, so the first card, I, so let me get this, you know? Oh yeah. So the game's called shifted. There you go. Yeah. Shifted. Um, will you change your mind? Yeah. And uh, so, so I are you just asking him, or I'm, I'm exempt? I don't no, know. no, no. This is for both of you. Yeah. No, this is a show. This is a show. No, this yeah. the show's all about all about men. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. this is a big old love affair <laughs> with, for men. Put him in the hot seat. Yeah, yeah. So I love this question is so like apropos because okay. of what you're talking about. What do you believe is the key to a happy romantic relationship? Ooh, that's a good question. And then, and then because you guys, there's a there's an age gap between the two yeah, of you. Yeah. So mm -hmm. let, let's ask the youngin. Okay. So yeah, it gives let's me time ask to think the youngin. Happy romantic relationship. What do you believe is the key to a happy romantic relationship? So you're single and you're you're ten mm -hmm. years younger than yeah. him and okay. and more than that than me. Um, but and you're happily married yeah, yeah, for yeah, quite yeah, a while yeah. now. So our perspectives are going to be completely different. Yeah, yeah, so I yeah, can't yeah. wait to hear this. A happily romantic relationship. Yes. They can start with communication for sure somebody you can always talk to no matter what the circumstance i know i dated some people where it's certain things i just knew i couldn't talk to them about uh -huh. you know i didn't feel completely open it's like what they say gonna probably piss me off yeah i think it starts with communication good affection yeah and affection being mutual where some people affection is different some people don't like to be touched some people love to be touched some people want to be overly touched. we have different love language exactly yeah. so i mm -hmm. think making that mesh uh communication and being funny I think when you could just laugh with somebody you're attracted to and really just have fun and it's not all about being intense and kissing and fucking, it's like, yeah. this is great. That's why yeah. comedians usually have multiple babies because <laughs> a funny motherfucker will get, they, <laughs> they get, get us, they get us. Yeah. This, so I that's, think that's it. I'll keep it yeah. simple. Okay. For me. So you've been married for yeah. quite a while now. Yeah. You, have, you have boys and a lot of times children kind of <laughs> make the, uh, <laughs> yeah, children yeah, kind yeah. of make the romance kind of wane yeah, a little yeah, bit true. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So we how do you? it out though we get around that though <laughs> but uh <laughs> laundry room visits At least you yeah, got laundry rooms, wait till everybody go to sleep you yeah. know i would you know the first thing that comes to mind for me is security mm -hmm. um and what i mean by that is the opposite of insecurity mm -hmm. um i think you know like 
like what I what what I love about my wife or what makes me passionate about is how secure she is mm-hmm. and who well, how secure she is about herself. Right. And I think that that's one thing that attracts yeah, yeah. her to me is there's a confidence. Mm-hmm. So and because we both have this confidence, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't allow room for jealousy, mm-hmm. for cattiness, for all because we know because we're secure in who we are. Mm-hmm. And so I think from a romance perspective, that, that that's huge for us. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge for me in my oh, marriage. Yeah. Now, I, would, I, I hope that doesn't sound like a corny answer. But, no, it's not. <laughs> but, uh, it sounds like a man who's in love with his wife. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like that kind of answer. I yeah. think insecurity should be labeled as a mental health issue. To be yeah. so when you're saying that, it's like yeah. I feel like insecurity causes so many conflicts. Yeah. But that's another. Because I've been in relationships in the past where. You you know, the girl I was dating was very, very insecure and that affected romance in the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and then so to be with my wife and and have her be secure in who she is and then me be secure, it, that that makes the, that brings more romance because there's trust. And when which is another element to romance, you got to have you got to trust and then knowing each other and knowing each other's bodies and all of that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah maybe I, that, no, I eat shit. Okay. That's it. Trust and security. No, no, no. That, no, it do. No, that 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 makes perfect sense. So yeah. one, I just want to backtrack one, uh, just a little bit to yeah. go. Um, so your father passed away when you were five, mm-hmm. moved to the Bronx. Was there any, you know, male father figure that moved into your life at any point? Did your mom remarry, or your mom doesn't seem like the kind of woman that would have any kind of strange man no, around her no. boys? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, she ain't yeah. getting, she ain't having some dude babysitter no, children nah. type thing. Okay, she, ne- she never remarried. Okay, she never remarried since my dad. My mom's sixty, about to be sixty-seven. But no, um, my grandfather, but he he lived in Florida, mm-hmm. um, and he would come up from time to time to spend time with my brother and I. But he died, I think, when I was like fourteen, thirteen, well, twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Um, and then I had an uncle Mike. My uncle Mike, he lived he lived in New Rochelle, which is outside of the Bronx, mm-hmm. and he would come take my brother from time to time. But as far as a consistent male role model in my life. No, nah, I didn't have one. Okay, so you now being the father of three boys, yeah. this has obviously been a learning lesson for you ev- every step of the way. Absolutely. So where did you find yourself kind of like inside your head, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> you're doing. What did yeah, the, what yeah. were, when, when did those moments happen for you uh, when it came to being a father? Yeah, I mean, it happened a lot. I mean, I, I really relied on like my military training. Mm-hmm. If that and what I mean by that is where I got a lot of my I, I I got a lot of my lessons on how to be a father in SEAL training. Okay. And 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 being in the SEAL teams. Mm-hmm. Because you know, especially as it relates to integrity, living by example, all of these things. So when I finally had kids, that's what I really relied upon. But yeah, I made the mistakes as it relates to discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've made mistakes because my mom, she would give it to my brother now. Right. <laughs> right. Go, 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 would, go get the switch. Yeah. Pull it right off that she tree would, right there. Yeah. You, you know the one. And yeah. Bring it inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, and, and my mom was, and she was really aggressive, but not in an abusive way. She was aggressive in. I'm the mom. I I don't have anybody here to help me. So, then, you know, I'm going to be hard because I got to be hard. And so as a father, I thought that that was the way to always be with my kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My wife mm-hmm. had to put me in check a lot and say, mm-hmm. yo, Remy, like, you know what I mean? Like they're little kids. Like, yeah, like relax, yeah. take a step yeah. back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's where I've, I've made mistakes yeah. in the past. Um, I've also made mistakes in time. Right. You know, because I'm I'm trying to always find that balance between I need to provide for my family, mm-hmm. but I need to be with my family. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart, man. There's times when my kids call me up because I travel so much and they're like, Daddy, Daddy, please come home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's where I'm that's where I'm still trying to learn as a father how balance. to Yeah, how to balance it, how to really mm-hmm. and when I say balance it, I don't mean just be there because I could be in the house with my kids, mm-hmm. but not be in the house with my kids. Mm-hmm. I could be on the phone, yeah, replying to emails, be, yeah, texting, yeah. work and stuff. Not, not being present. Yeah, like so mentally present. Exactly, exactly. Right. So that's where I could that's where I can improve on and where I'm trying to put and I think I have improved on especially over the coming years but yeah just trying to find that balance between providing and 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 time okay well let me ask you this so Mm -hmm. you know there's there's a phrase that gets thrown around a little bit too arbitrarily in my opinion which is called it's toxic masculinity you know I mean you're Nigerian you live grew grew up in the Bronx you're a Navy SEAL I'm like you're freaking alpha as they come you know what I'm saying so when it comes to the whole concept of like you know toxic masculinity when it when it comes to disciplining your child Mm -hmm. since you have three boys yeah. And damage you, you know, come come into this, you know, uh, conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when it comes to disciplining your boys, like, do you find it difficult to um, not suppress or, or try when you want suppressing them from crying mm. or like just being children? I mean, because I think the whole com- concept yeah. of to- toxic masculinity is when people are like, you know, telling boy male children, mm. like, stop crying like a oh, girl no. yeah, and that yeah, sort of thing. Like, no. do you let no. your oh, boys absolutely. be the children absolutely. that they are? Okay, I let them cry. <clears> I let them whine. I, you know, I hug my kids. Yeah. I kiss them. Yeah. I tell them I, I love them. Yeah. Like men are, emo- men are, we were created to be emotional just as women were created to be That's, emotional. That is an unpopular opinion. It's the, no yeah. one's, no one really says that. And I, yeah. and I agree I, with you. And in my book, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, people who read my book, they tell me all the time, Remy, like, dude, like, why were you so vulnerable? Like people going to look at you. Cause I talk about crying in my book. I talk about I was these I, must I, I be older about, dudes. I talk yeah. about everybody crying now. I yeah. talk about crying as a kid. I talk about crying as an adult. I talk about going through crazy stuff in relationships, mm-hmm. and I think it's important because it's okay for it. I'm, the strongest men that I know are men who are willing to let out their emotions, yeah. and men who are willing to allow their children to let out their emotions. Yeah. Because when you when you do that, that going back to the whole security thing. Mm-hmm. That shows that you're secure. You're confident in who you are. Yeah. And so for me, well, my kids, I think it's okay for them if they if they hurt themselves or they something happens on the playground for them to express themselves. See, yeah. there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's the balance. I ask my son, is it worth your tears? I always yeah. ask him that because my son, he gets like in fits sometimes if mm-hmm. the chicken nuggets aren't done yeah. quick enough or right. <laughs> I wanted that toy from the store and you started crying. Yeah. It's like, bro, is these worth your tears? Yeah. Do right. you not have toys at home? Yeah. And I try to... Instead of disciplining, I really yeah. try to talk to my son so he can understand me. Like, understand what we're doing here right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have toys at home. Do you need another toy? Yeah. And if you had another toy, are you going to lose? Like, you know, I really try to, I don't care how young he was. Yeah. I always talk to him, like, to try to ration with him. Because his mind, like, just because he's a child, he has he still has a mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the more I try to ration with him, I think the more he'll become a mature adult younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some stuff, like, you got to chalk it up. If you fall and hit your knee, you can yeah. cry. Yeah. yeah. But if you're crying I did about, the other day. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah aren't yeah, yeah, yeah. ready when you wanted them. Yeah. It's like, look, I'm not your man, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. There's yeah. a balance yeah. on it. 100%. Is it worth your tears? So that's 100%. what I always that's a good. That's a good one. Is yeah. it worth your tears? I like that. Okay, so when, when did you decide... I got to put my my life on paper. Like it's 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 time for a yeah. memoir. You know, because thirty seven is like you know you've you've lived a lot of life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, three lifetimes pretty much from all the experiences and stuff. Yeah. But you're still really young. Yeah, you know, in the yeah. grand scheme of things, you yeah. you know, God willing, you've got yeah. about you know forty fifty years Hopefully. in front of you. <laughs> yeah. You, you listen. Let me tell you a statistic. Okay. Yeah. Married men yeah. live longer. Oh, that's good. You want to know why? Why is that? Because we're always picking up after your motherfuckers. Oh, that's true. And we're always <laughs> and we're always telling you to go to the doctor yeah, when something's yeah, wrong yeah. or you know the, the women true. we that's right that's we, true we take care of our we take care of our men yeah we're the ones that die early when we get married yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry so I'm about saying, that single forever <laughs> but um yeah. so what made what, where was the you know the the light bulb moment where you said yeah. it's time to put my life on paper create yeah. this memoir you know when did that happen and what was the what was the light bulb moment well for yeah you? it was you know it was a few things you know for years, people who just heard the Africa to the Bronx part of my story, mm-hmm. they were like, dude, like, that's a crazy story. You need to write a book. Yeah. And then when I became a SEAL and then got out the SEAL teams and that element was people were like, man, you really need to write a book. Mm-hmm. And for years I said no, because mm-hmm. and I, I got approached with book deals and I said no, because yeah. there's a stigma attached to Navy SEALs who write books. What there's a saying statement? in our community, there's a saying in our community called you know, the silent professional. Okay, okay. Don't go out and talk about the work or the job that you did. Mm-hmm. And well, and, we got reality shows about like mob wives and yeah, shit. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 institutions are just falling apart here. Yeah, yeah there you go, there you go. <laughs> so you know, I said no for a long period of time, and then and then I went on the Today Show. I went on the Today Show for to promote Transformers, and while I was on the show, Kathy Lee Gifford, she said live on air, you need to write a book, and it needs to be made into a movie. Mm-hmm. I, I nodded and said, yeah, inside, but on the outside, but on the inside, I'm saying no. And when we get backstage, she pulls me aside and she's like, I'm serious. You need to write a book. Mm-hmm. And and I told her no. And she said, why? And I gave her the explanation. And she said, that's foolish. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> you have a story that can inspire so many people. Mm-hmm. Please do this. And yeah. she walked me to the publisher. 
Really? And, and she walked me to HarperCollins Publishing. Not and, a lot of people and, can say that, that yeah. Kathy, Kathy Lee Gifford walked yeah. you into walked a into publisher. And told him, you better sign this guy to a book deal right now before I take him somewhere else. And I got the book deal. So how I'm I- how, sick right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know- you know, when that's how it came about. I wasn't I wasn't looking to write a book. I wasn't inspired to write a book. It just happened. And you're, then, so your uh, your publicist BJ Coleman, yeah, who's yeah, yeah. very good friend of mine yeah. forever. He handed me the book. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is expensive. <laughs> okay, this yeah. isn't an independent, you know, yeah, 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 <laughs> run. That's yeah. a well, hardback. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. This is official tissue yeah, here. That's, that's top notch. Okay. And and you got a quote from Kathy Lee yeah, Gifford. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. She, he, she says that you've truly transformed in the deepest sense of the word, and his book will have a lasting impact on many souls. Okay. Well, she's consistent. Yeah. yeah okay. That's great. Yeah, like, well, yeah. congratulations. I'm like, that's, that's, that's an amazing accomplishment. It's inspiring, that, too. Yeah. Thank that, you. A, you know, one or two people in this room have yet to do. Um, it's coming. I'm talking about myself. It's coming. I'm just like, oh, it's going to be in the book. This is it. People are like, Melissa, shut the fuck up. <laughs> never going to fucking happen, you know? But your book would like really do the yeah, thing. Yeah. Y you know what? Like, seriously. I, the purpose of my book will be to motivate and to inspire the same way well, as the person who works for the publisher right out there. Okay. Come on, <laughs> come on, somebody! It's time. Okay. It's time I'm to tell I'm the story. Gonna steal her ear for about five minutes after <laughs> But no, this is this is yeah. all this is all about you guys and yeah. the, and the fathers and the husband. And Sorry about that. Just, no, no, no. But just thank you so much for being like you know, just being so dope. You know what I'm saying? And just not. I just hate the stereotype exists ex exists for a reason, but I mean, have you thought about you know kind of making I don't know a YouTube channel about your happy home and the boys <laughs> and stuff like that? Because yeah. I think that we are you know we're we need more positive examples like yeah. this yeah. you know put out there. Like I'm yeah. tired of the perpetuated notion yeah. um, that black fathers are absentee yeah. or you know, non-existent or whatever the case, or deadbeat or whatever the case is. And I just, I love to hear stories about this because these are the experiences that I know about. I mean, my father died when I was 15 years old, wow. but he was very much a part of my life. My yeah. parents were married. Mm -hmm. um, and so it just, it breaks my heart to just kind of see this perpetuated, narr this yeah. perpetual narrative just kind of you know, flung yeah. around like yeah. dirty laundry, you know? I agree. And I, I'm hoping that, you know, through my life and, and through my story, I could cha help change that narrative. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and and that's a good idea. I never thought about doing a YouTube channel, channel or anything like that. But, you know, maybe I need to do need to do that, you know, you because should. people listen because of the platform I have. No, you shouldn't. I think uh, real fathers, they don't, they don't want to exploit. It's nothing to exploit. I feel like we yeah. feel like we're not doing something great. We're doing what we're supposed to yeah. do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, social media, you see it's, I will say is is primarily female driven when it comes to those narratives. Mm -hmm. Good fathers aren't going on Instagram like yeah, good father yeah, alert. Dad, like yeah, yeah. I'm the greatest dad. <laughs> yeah. see, that, that's a red flag. Like he's yeah. probably not. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying so. Uh, uh, there there aren't really a lot of platforms for us. Like a lot of good dads are busy being dads. Yeah. yeah. You know that's why sometimes I gotta be like man I gotta show my relationship with my son more because yeah. I'm speaking and when I do those posts yeah a lot of fathers is like. Yes, you yeah. repping for us. Yeah. Because they're not jumping on social media, yeah. you know, finding the good angle with their kid. You know, they yeah. just, they're putting that work it's in. It's interesting yeah. you say that because when I do post a picture of me and my kids, yeah. like, People like people respond to it. Yeah. A lot of people respond to it. So yeah. maybe I'm, I'm, I might need to do that even more. Yeah. So you yeah. 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 I mean, like the engagement is there because, like I said, it's not a narrative yeah. that is that is highly publicized. Yeah. You know, it's not it's it's not you know, it's not as it's not as prevalent online as it is to see a woman's ass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so maybe it should be. So yeah. it becomes a little bit more of a. You know, it's it's not it's not seen as as rare as a polar bear. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean? The concept of a black man who's actually involved in his children's lives. Absolutely. Like it's you know, it's it's frustrating just for me, just from an outsider looking into the whole situation. So um, and a lot of I don't mean to cut you no, off. No, go ahead. A lot of it is pride, too. Like a lot of those women, even if you're not with that man and he's the father of your child, and he's doing his thing. You don't see a lot of that celebration too. Just yeah, because yeah, it yeah. didn't work out, you see a lot of the bitterness. Yeah. And then even when the bitterness is over, you don't see that person going, you know what? Shout out to him, he's a good dad. Yeah. They'll just, you know, 
He's just doing what he's supposed to do, yeah. which I respect. But the same way you have that energy when you're bitter, yeah. if you guys aren't on bad terms and that person's handling their business, why can't you big them yeah. up as Celebrate well? Celebrate that. Yeah. Celebrate because that. I always, when I can, I'd be like, my son has a great mom. Right. Yeah. You know, he has a, a dope mom. It's yeah. like, oh, because sometimes people think I'm a single father. I'm like, no. My son has a great mom. Yeah. You know? Oh, no, no, no. It's, I could see why people would think that. And just because we keep our, our social lives separate. But yeah. my yeah. son has a great mom. And yeah. I would never yeah. go anywhere and say something's wrong with his mom. It's like, yeah. you right. got to hold that esteem. And I feel like yeah. it would be dope for women. And they do. Yeah. But a little bit more to hold that esteem for us when we do yeah. handle our business. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, I agree. Well, Remy, tell us, you know, besides the book, the yeah. book tour must be like, Dope, but exhausting. Yes, I, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm gonna go home for two days and then head down south. Okay, well, yeah. tell us what else uh, you're working on because yeah. you're you're also an actor yeah. and uh, you're. I mean, you've got, the list is really extensive. <laughs> so tell us what you know yeah. currently on the itinerary. Yeah, so I just finished uh, working on uh, a Netflix film with Michael Bay and Ryan Reynolds. Ooh, um, <laughs> love Corey, Michael shout Bay. Shout out to Corey Hawkins, man. Yeah. He's a good dude. He endorsed the book too. Uh-huh. Um, it's called Six Underground. It comes out on Netflix and in, in, in winter, winter of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, did a lot. I was did a lot of consulting. So I was hired as a consultant on that film because because okay. of my background in special operations. Yeah. And then I have an acting role in that as well. So I got that dropping in the winter. And then um, I got into I, I wrote a film. So I wrote a film and been meeting with different studios to get that uh, produced. Um, just trying to see which which home is going to be the right home for it. Really? Um, Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it's a, it's an it's a espionage thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so many people have been asking for for an African-American James Bond or not African-American, but a, bl- a black James Bond. Uh-huh. And in my mind, I was just like, man, I have these experiences because my job, we, we didn't go into detail in this interview, but I talk about it in my book, but I worked at a lot of intelligence in the SEAL teams. Mm-hmm. So I've done, I've done work with the CIA. I've done work with the NSA and DIA, a bunch of different D- three letter agencies. I went to the NS- NSA interagency training center. Is it as cool as it sounds? Yeah. That's <laughs> no, cool. It's cool. I, so I've worked with the CIA. Listen, that's what I tell guys yeah, yeah. I want to talk to. So what do you do for a living? Yeah. I work for the CIA and I'm a professional dog walker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I didn't what work I do. for the CIA. I've done work with them. Yeah. Okay. I just want to clear all <laughs> side for somebody like what? But uh but I took a lot of those experiences and I was just like and I created this African American character um who works for the agency and he's he's like He's it's called the chameleon for a reason. I'll just kind of leave it at that. And he he relies a lot on his experiences from from growing up in the inner city to other parts of his life to do the job that he does. So um, a bunch of different studios have jumped on it after reading the script, and so we're just trying to find the right home for it. Okay, you know? so is this a is this a vehicle for you to is a starring role? No, 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 not like that all. about you, like yeah, that nah, about nah, you, no yeah. ego. No, yeah, no, and if no, you no, are no, casting no. for you know some like the. The extra role. I was about yeah, to yeah, yeah. I'll keep you out of mind. I keep you out of mind. Yeah. I was about to say, so in a perfect in a perfect yeah. world, the yeah. door's wide open yeah. and they say, Remy, who do you want to play the lead character? Yeah. Who does he look like? Uh, give us give I, us like three examples. Yeah, I, I think Stefan from If Bill Street could talk. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. like I like him because there's a lot more to the story Where and did it's I a just deeper. see him. John Wick three? Was he in John Wick? 3? No, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I, yeah. I just saw it recently. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. I just saw him in something recently. But yeah. go on. I like he's, him. I like. Fabulous. I like Michael B. I think Michael B. Jordan be dope for it because, um, especially because of his range and, and his physique. And there's a lot of emo- deep emotional undertones to it. It's not just like action type mm-hmm. thriller. Mm-hmm. But I like where he can go with it. Um, man, who's the, my third choice? I thought about John Boyega. Um, uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I thought about John yeah. Boyega. Um Pacific. He was a Pacific Rim. Yeah, okay. He was a vehicle I'm for him. shocked yeah. I know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've yeah. never even seen the movie. You seen the yeah. probably the cover art. I'm just a wealth of useless information. That's really what it is. I it, it, if it's about movies and actors, yeah, yeah. for some reason I pull it out of somewhere. And I don't even have to have seen the movie. Yeah. Really weird. Yeah. But anyways, I digress. He would be great. Yeah. So those are He'd be, He's a yeah. silent killer. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Me and too. He's, and he's Nigerian. He's of Nigerian descent. I think that's another. Uh, so. Yeah. No. yeah. No. I have a thing for Nigerian. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We could be trouble sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's what, I've heard a lot of trouble. We, we yeah, could, you heard can. a lot of trouble. We could do so well. I kept that shit to myself. Like, oh, yeah, yeah you thing. can. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know what? In all honesty, look, we all trouble when you think about it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yes, yeah. you are. Yeah, yeah. The West Side of Africa. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a mess. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Can, uh, Congo, yeah, Cameroon, Cameroon uh, Ghana. Ghana. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> 
lord. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> David yeah. is looking at me like, I learned something new about Melissa yeah. today. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So um, tell everybody where they can find you social media wise. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the book tour. Are you doing any... Um, uh, public book readings or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So, like we, that so I've, I've done a few already. I have another one coming up June eighth in uh, Mira Mesa, San Diego. I'm right. doing one there. Um, we're working on one in Dallas, I think June ninth. Okay. And then um, we're definitely doing one in Charlotte next week. Okay. Tell everybody where they can see the schedule for these events and the locations yeah. and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, so I'll post on my social media. We'll also do the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Cool, you cool. you we'll, we'll make sure that we post that for our listeners. Appreciate it. So just go to Remy Adeleke um, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And I'm always posting information out there um, and or LinkedIn. I know people people been like, why do you post LinkedIn? I don't know. People I was going to say, LinkedIn. why are you using LinkedIn? <laughs> I but, uh, hate LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Get your job. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah they get you a job. Really? There's yes. an audience there. There's an really? audience there. It never yeah. got me a job. The right people are on LinkedIn. Yes. Listen, yeah, 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 yeah. I would be on, check it, okay? Yeah. I would be on LinkedIn and I forgot yeah. that, uh, you know, I was using it as my own like kind of like, you know, dating thing. Oh, were you? Like I was checking guys out yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. like dressed in the suits yeah, and they're yeah, yeah. professional and stuff like that. And I don't, can you lie on LinkedIn? Can your whole shit be like? You can. You can. Okay. They'll find out. Well, here's the worst, well, here's the worst part is my stupid ass forgot that every Every time you click on oh, a profile, yeah, it, tells, it, 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 shows it shows the person, the person how many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that's a whack thing about LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, because yeah. I like to be, I'm super duper creeper. Yeah. I don't like anybody knowing my moves. Yeah, yeah. And so I gave myself away to oh, this yeah, guy. Yeah. He saw how many times I was stalking his uh, profile. That's funny. Oh, that is. But so don't sleep on LinkedIn. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Okay, yeah. so um. So hit me on those social media platforms. Yeah. R e m i at Lake a d e l e k e. We're gonna we're gonna make sure that you're perfect right there. I love cool. when Jason that it's right there. Yeah. So we're gonna put it up for all of our listeners to see and y'all gotta cop this book it's yeah. in all the good bookstores yeah, like barnes, yeah. and barnes and nobles and stuff yeah amazon <laughs> yeah any <Indie> books <laughs> exactly it sounds like it's a it's a fabulous story thank and you. uh thank you so much for coming on Thanks the show on the show yeah, yeah no you were you were awesome and thank congratulations you. on your beautiful family thank you so much your kids thank names so are caden caleb and carter yep yep Whose idea was that? It just happened. Yeah. It just happened. The first one, Caden, it was what I, what we wanted. And then Caleb came. We just felt like it was right. And then for the third, it was just like he has to be a C. Okay. So. What do you what do you think of uh, Kim and, and Kanye's new kid, Psalm? The name? Yeah. It's an interesting name. Yeah. Psalm. It's an interesting name. I, 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 I didn't know if that was a nickname or the real name. Yeah. It sounds cool. It's different. Psalm. I'm not mad at it. It's different. Okay. I've never heard. I've never heard. Of, I never heard of a, uh, of a kid's name song, but it's interesting and it's different. I haven't. It, it, listen, it's it's better than Khaleesi is right now. <laughs> I never heard that one. Uh, oh, you don't watch Game of Thrones? No. Nah. Okay. <laughs> we won't even go there, honey, yeah. because the ending was trash. <laughs> was it? We yeah. Yeah, they mailed in that last season. But wow. I digress. Uh, okay. Thank you so much for thank coming you. on the thank show. You. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah. And we are out.